Hello, he is Heston Blumenthal. Hello. One of the most creative and forward-thinking chefs on the planet. Okay, I'll, I'll take that, thanks. My name is Jay Taylor. I've been working with Heston for over 10 years as his TV producer, cracking his head open and getting out all the amazing things hidden in there. And, and that... also removing some of the amazing things that I thought were amazing. <laughs> but ultimately, that's your, that's, yeah, the, the result was better for it. And that's what this podcast is all about. The idea is we're going to spend repeated attempts to dive into your brain and find out all the amazing things. We're going to be talking about many big subjects, but all held together with the wonderful world that is uniquely human. And that's cooking and eating. On this week's adventure, we'll be discovering why Heston has moved to France, how to make tea that is hot and cold at the same time. Plus, this is the world's first multi-sensory podcast, and Heston is going to be doing live experiments on me and you if you want to join in. So grab yourself a piece of chewing gum to discover how juicy your mouth can be, and a glass of wine to discover how to change its taste with the power of your mind. Welcome to Pod and Chips. Chapter 1. Heston, the Frenchman. Hello, Heston. How are you? Hello, Jay. I'm very good, actually. I'm now, very good, thank you. I have to paint a picture of where we are because we are, well, I've left rainy Britain far behind to jump into what is as close to a sort of French paradise as I could ever imagine. We are sitting in the, I suppose you could call this a lounge of your house, but it is unlike any room I've been in. So we have, if you imagine in your mind, the perfect movie uh, Im impression of a mm. French farmyard with beautifully aged flagstones on the floor. Can you paint a picture of where we are and why we're here? We're in Pro uh, Provence. I came here when I was about 15. My folks bought a flat or they went to look to buy a flat on the coast near Montpellier there was a three Michelin star restaurant a guy called Raymond Tuyer and he started cooking started cooking local food uh, Provençal food so I came here on the way to this flat that my parents bought in France having never seen what an oyster looked like what had you, you eaten up to that point, living in Cornish, West London? Uh, Cornish pasties from a boot of a car in Cornwall. Yeah. Chicken in the chicken in the <laughs> basket. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, cod in batter. So coming here must have been something of a contrast. We came here, and this restaurant, it had three Michelin stars. We sat under these trees, and there was... Um, Outdoor dining now. Because that is quite glamorous. We did from Britain. Uh, outdoor, outdoor dining, dining. feels a bit risque. Well, it was Starbucks to do outdoor, <laughs> to do outdoor do dining. Now, but, um, but in that, yes. And Dad ordered um, pigeon, two pigeons. Wow, that must have seemed crazy. Which was in a, like a silver bowl. And the when they came along, all this stuff, the chink of the glasses, the crunch of the gravel of the feet of the waiting staff... The smell of the lavender, I didn't realise at the time, the smell of the lavender and the noise of the crickets or chicadas or whatever they call them, as the sun set, there a light lit up this bauxite cliff with this old fortress on the top of it. And I fell down a rabbit hole into some kind of multi-sensory wonderland. And this lit the spark in you for That's it. everything but that under followed? Under my blood under my skin, in my blood and under my skin. 
And after that, I bought books. I taught myself. I could read. I, I, I translated. There was another chef's book, which was the Trois Brothers, which were in um, near Lyon. God, this sounds like I'm um, really sad bastards when I talk about this. <laughs> that I translated this book, pencil and paper, with an English and French dictionary. What, word by word? Word by word, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I learnt my... I'm fluent. I'm getting more fluent in French generally because my missus, but I'm fluent in... I have been fluent in food French. For years. Yes, because I've been to places in France before, and you go into the kitchens and you can talk, but then when we go and try and order a taxi, it's not, it's not as easy. I can go into a bank and ask for some caramelised onions. Like a julienne. Uh, yes, uh, Why do so many kitchens in Britain, I don't know if they still do, but lots of kitchens in Britain, I, I believe, still speak in French, or there's, you hear oui chef and oh, things like that. Oh, in the past. Yeah, oui chef, then there's chaud devant. What does that mean? So show is hot. Oh, right. Devon is in front. So if you're walking with a pan and you want someone to get out of your way, you go, show devon. And then show derrière. Which is, which a is thing behind you. There's a hard thing behind you. So I remember the early days of the dark, we just took the piss out of this. <laughs> and there's rien avant. Rien is nothing. Avant is before. So if he, someone comes up to the to the pass in the kitchen and they write down, there's a table of four and there's there's one uh, uh, marinated fish and there's one soup and there's four main courses. So two people are not having starters. That's rien avant. <laughs> right. Nothing before. Right. So we changed that to Roger Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I just remember. Would you shout that was, out on the pass? Yeah, to Roger Anderson. <laughs> it's weird and not weird that I'm now, we're sitting in a beautiful old farmhouse, a f 15 minutes away, <clears throat> around this bauxite cliff, from the restaurant that inspired me to cook. And is this how we ended up, is this how you, because you're living here now, is this how we ended up here, is because of that memory has drawn you back here now? Yes, it's like it's like a full circle. But that's remarkable, and you're, 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 as someone who is so British and, and loves Britain, you're making a new life here in France. Yeah, there's, there's no, there is nowhere, I, I might change my mind next week, but there yes. is nowhere I can imagine living on the planet more than this. Chapter two, Jedi wine tricks. Grab yourself a glass of wine if you want to join in. So you've said that you want this to be a multi-sensory podcast. And the really exciting thing about this is, uh, and it's one of the great things about stepping into your world and your lab, is that you're going to be trying out food experiments on me and hopefully anyone listening can join in as well. And this one you want to do now is all about how our mind can change our perception of food. Um, so before we get onto the experiment, just explain, how, how can our mind change how we perceive what we eat? In... 97, I put a dish on the menu which was crab risotto with crab ice cream. And this came from when I started looking into the, the sort of some of the historical recipes. And there is a history of savoury ices. Really? Yeah. Like what kind of things? Uh, asparagus. Um, asparagus ice cream. Asparagus ice cream, yeah. There's potato, there's many things. But what's happened is when we become used 
to the association of a word with one product. If we change the product so from savoury to sweet, so from one side of the scale to, to the other, it has interesting effects. And I made a crab ice cream. The key was to not make it too sweet and chewy. I wanted it to be really clean. At the time, 97, 1997, now people don't seem to bat an eyelid if I say crab ice cream, but it, it had a, almost like a, a love or hate effect for some people. Mm. And that, I found it fascinating that if I said, oh, it's a frozen crab bisque, a bisque is a soup, right. just a fro- it's a frozen crab soup. In fact, if I called it sorbet thinking about it, it would have probably been easier to accept. Yes, definitely. And that led to my first paper, co-written paper with a guy called Martin Yeomans at uh, Sussex University. And what we found was that when you called it crab ice cream, it was perceived to be something like 10 to 15% saltier than when you called it a frozen crab bisque. So just changing the name of it changed how people taste, tasted it? Yes. It's because of memory and, and anticipation and contrast and perception and many other things. So if you expect black and get white, the contrast is greater than if you expect white and get white. So it's what your body's preparing for. Yeah, it probably moves nicely on to um, an experiment. Just have a glass of wine. Take the hand you normally drink it with. Should I do that now? So pick the glass up. Don't put it down between the two sips. Now, we all have people in our lives that when we think of, they fill us with warmth and love and happiness and everything else. And we all have had, some still do, people in their lives that they have really negative associations with. Hmm. We can imagine things that don't exist. So what do, just imagine somebody that fills you with happiness. You don't have to tell me who it is. Then you then have a sip of the wine and then then wait. Let me do that first. Then yeah. So and you're just what? a normal glass of white wine. Yeah, you haven't done normal anything glass weird of wine. in it. And all you're thinking about here is the kind of richness or sharpness, the the roundness or softness, the the creaminess or the acidic bit. And you just compare the two. And you don't. And, and even if you don't know what the difference is, it's, it, it, it smells it's, nice. It, it smells like. Um, it smells lovely, it smells like flowers. If, if you, so think, okay, now yes, you're happy, that's your happy, wonderful, warm person. Now, with the same hand, don't put the glass down. That's a very pleasant thing to do, that is lovely. I've got now, my eyes closed as well. Now really think of the person that maybe you hated or had rejection associated or jealousy or... Oh, wait, let me find somebody, it, let me find somebody. Find somebody and then really hone in on them and please don't make it me. And, yeah, that was the first one I was going to think of. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got someone now. Okay. Great. Now have a sip. Yeah, that's changing. My, yeah. Wait, let me really remember him. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What's his name? Oh, James. Oh. Now go, now go back, to happy, now get back to happy person. Happy, yeah. happy, warm, wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's changing at the back of my throat. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's I had my eyes closed then. You didn't do anything to that, did you? That was just literally... No, no. Oh, it, that's it, changing. What's the thing at the back of your throat where it's bitterness? <coughs> yeah, it makes it... I, for me, I, it's, it, it changes the, acidity, the feeling of the bitterness and the acidity... Or the creaminess and the rounded smoothness yes, of it. Yes, the, creamin- the creaminess bit at the start. When, yeah. you, when you started saying the first one, it felt like it was all um, 
yeah, really creamy. And then the second time felt very sharp. Mm. Is that the right word? Yes. That's ridiculous. And that is purely down to just changing my thoughts. It's just changing your thoughts. Changing. And we don't realise we walk oh, around with so much bottled up, excuse me, anxiety. By realising things like this, discovering things like this, you, the world opens up. It just becomes, oh my God, I did it, I've done it. Again, actually, with basil leaf, just take one basil leaf and just tear it in half. First mouthful, more wonderful. Second mouthful, yeah. James or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really bitter. Yeah. yeah I, um, but, I, but it's. So it's, when they say somebody is. Weirdly, if you're saying someone is bitter and twisted about yes. something, actually. That, was that bitterness that changed in my mouth? Was that, I know, when I said sharp, it's the thing at the back of your throat where you feel a bit... I believe... I believe we don't value breath anymore. We don't value food anymore because we don't need to value it anymore. We should be paying more money for our food and eating less of it and valuing it. Giving it gratitude, not attitude. Boom. Boom. Now, I bet people, when they tuned in, if they tuned in... Yeah. The three of them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Didn't expect to have wine-changing taste. It's a weird and wonderful world that we live in. Chapter three. The story behind the stars. Hot and cold, iced tea. Right, so one of the things that I thought would be fantastic, while I have your brain sitting, quivering in front of me, ready to be cracked open, is deconstructing your classic dishes and getting really under the skin of how they came to being what happened to struggles along the way and how many weeks do you have yes i know and i know these are long long adventures <laughs> but i thought today we could have a look at a dish that i'll briefly describe it and i'll get it wrong yeah. but it's called hot and cold iced tea it is a tea that is both hot and cold but the difference in temperature is separated vertically so to, de to describe, I, I've been lucky enough to try this, and you're delivered a uh, a, a, a cup yeah. with a cup, what looks like a cup of tea in it. Yes. However, when you drink it, if you drink yes. from one side of the cup, it is hot, and if you yes. drink from the other side of the cup, it is cold. And if you get your lips positioned perfectly in the middle, it is both hot and cold. Half at the same your mouth time, is hot and hot. Which is cold. a ridiculous effect. Three years. Three years to create that. Three years to create it. Rewind me then. Tell me how on earth did well, that even start? Th when I th say three years to create it, it was in fact, it was an evolution of many, many things. Professor Tom Cortate, I remember sitting at the sofa with him and him saying to me, have you come across a, an ingredient called gelan gum? And this, I think, came from the belly of a tuna, then got cultured or cultivated afterwards the same as in canada they found a molecule that came from a fish that lived in very very cold water and that atom stroke molecule was responsible for stopping the fish from freezing to death probably with other things wow uh, okay and, and so yeah, you never think about the fact that fish don't freeze in cold water do you i mean you just no, presume they're fine no, no. So they found this thing within minus tuna 20. and fish. Yeah, minus 20, yes. So I'm not saying gelan is the same compound, but that it came from there. He said to me, what his point was, it, is a, it has a very interesting and powerful ability to release flavor. I started to play around with it. I had about four garden sheds at the, the, my labs. And they were wooden garden sheds. I got a blue plastic container of gelan. Three foot high and about three quarters of a foot wide. Did you? And I realised it was enough to set 
three Olympic size swimming pools of water. And <laughs> Were I, you tempted to try that out? In my head, I imagine people trying to dive into the swimming pool and bouncing off it. <laughs> how would it? So, if, if you, is, it, is so, it powder? I mean, how does it set it's it? Powder. So you pour it in and it would just yeah, set the water. Yeah, but you have to use it. It's very okay. There's two or three different types of gel. And so basically, this is heat resistant. So I made a potato puree. I've just remembered a potato puree that I served on a teaspoon with cubes of lime jelly made from gelan, heat resistant, little cubes, tiny little cubes chopped. And then at the table, uh, we fed them. You had, to, you had to eat off the spoon when the staff, members of staff, fed you with it. <laughs> really? Was yeah. this in the restaurant? This was in the restaurant. So the gelan, what it did, being heat resistant, not melting in the mouth, gave the ability to give bursts of flavour. If you then take those lemon cubes of gelan, which are like bricks, and dilute them more, you ultimately you end up at a point where something looks like a liquid. Right. But it's a broken up solid. So imagine you have a little cube of jelly. Yep. And it's like a brick. And then you make the brick softer. And then the brick gets more spongy. And then the brick starts to get a bit more floppy. And then it gets more liquidy. But it's still granular. It's like the pe- it's like all the pebbles out here. We play bull. It's like the pebbles here compared to the mountain. Smaller, smaller, smaller. To a point we can't perceive it in our mouths, but it is still a, yes. a solid. I had a eureka moment, which came as a result of all the work I'd done with Jelan and thought that oh, I could make a drink that was vertically separated, left and right, right and left, hot and cold. Not top to bottom, it was split vertically. One half being the, the gel? No, both gel. Oh, both gel. So one side wasn't liquid, one they side. They have to both be gel. Otherwise, the liquid would Are they both the consistency up. or different consistencies? So what happened, this was, this was the biggest uh, challenge and the thing that I had to do, so they were both the same consistencies. It's the same liquid, tea, gelled, pureed. My real breakthrough moment, which took a f- couple of years, was realising that in order to give the hot and cold temperature in the mouth, thinking it was a liquid, I had to put more acidity into the hot liquid than the cold one. Really? So the perception in your mouth, it produced the same amount of saliva. So when we, when we take... There's so many levels you work... Because it's not just the hot and cold, then you have to almost tell the brain that pay attention. Yeah, now. yeah. It's, all, it's always... Everything's about telling the, what you say? telling the brain. So one side of your mouth produced more saliva than the other. Is that how it works? Yeah. So if you think of you, when you, you know how um, <laughs> chewing gum. Yeah. We get moisture. We like, we don't like dry things, don't we? Not enough too much, like really dry, like Jacob's cream. Crack, yeah, too many crackers, crackers is a horrible feeling. Yeah. So we get, there's inherent moisture that is in the foods we eat. So the way how we cook them, if you cook a steak less, if you cook... If you cook the crap out of it, it gets really dry. But there's also the moisture, the saliva that's generated on our mouths when we eat. So chewing. 
So if you think about, have you ever, actually there's an experiment. Oh yes. Hang on a sec, I'm just gonna get away from the mic. I'm gonna go into the, the kitchen. I'm gonna get some chewing gum. Chapter four, the power of salivating. To join in with this multi-sensory experiment, just grab yourself a piece of chewing gum. So acidity produces saliva. If you even think about eating a lemon, your mouth watering, isn't it? Yes. If you chew, your mouth waters. And opal fruits are made to, to make, make your mouth water. <laughs> and Wrigley's chewing gum. If you chew gum and do not swallow and just chew it and see the amount of saliva that is produced. Really? It's okay. So, this so experiment on me. Wrigley's extra peppermint, 60 pieces. So, okay, here we go. Load me up. I'm gonna load you up. I'll give you two, but I mean, you do it one. So, just pop this in my mouth and start chewing. Yeah, but do not, the important thing is, do not swallow. I'm chewing it. I'm with you. Don't swallow. Don't swallow. Oh, it's really hard not to swallow. Mm -hmm. Don't swallow. I can't not swallow. Don't swallow. My mouth's getting full. My eyes are starting to water. <laughs> Why are my eyes watering? Actually, that's a really good point. I really need to swallow. <laughs> Can I swallow now? <laughs> Try really. We're going to start dribbling. <laughs> Have you got a cleft palate yet? I swallowed. No. Oh. Okay, what, what? You gave me two pieces of gum. It's not an extraordinary amount of gum. No, two little, two things of gum. I mean, it wasn't... Um, and my mouth started filling up because I, I, I've never probably eaten gum where I haven't swallowed before. What, what was going on then? What's happening? Chewing and acidity and saliva and moisture. But it's interesting that you said you're quite, your eyes are I'm also, My eyes are watering. Yeah. My mouth filled up at an extraordinary rate with saliva. It's unbelievable. My eyes started it's watering. unbelievable. But we don't realise that we swallow our saliva. We don't realise that. We just do it. So this is caused by, okay, chewing I get... But also, but also, um, you said they put acidity into the chewing gum. But, but just yeah, like you put acidity into an ice cream or a dessert. Same you say thing. like that. That's obvious. I wouldn't even have thought of that. Oh, that's the last thing you'd imagine. So it is a saliva creation. Chewing, yes, absolutely. This power of uh, acidity creating uh, salivation—is that the right word? Yeah. That's what you used in your hot well, and cold tea. Uh, and, uh, and it was chewing, but the salivation, yes. Acidity creating salivation. If I've got a lemon now, and you just looked at lemon, and you broke it and smelled, your mouth was salivating. So salivating is a very positive thing. It's really juicy. I'm salivating. So you can make things taste... Even thinking about it, you can make something juicier Yes. just by thinking about it. Just by, and if you present something with a colour, so if it was yellow as opposed to brown, it would also have a different effect because you don't really associate brown with acidity, maybe with chocolate and caramel, yes. Goodness but yellow you associate with acidity. And then this, so once you got that mix right, and I appreciate that there was... Well, three years to create a hot and cold tea. And I think the thing about it is when you explain it now, when you try it, 
simplicity is the best way of describing it. Yeah. But I think when you when you try it, you realize you're you're drinking a weight of pure science. And just hearing you describe the process to get to it, it that even the, the, about the the acidity, the gels, there seems like a huge journey to get back to something which is very. I think simple. it might have been easier work to make a new car. To be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I've just made that up. But uh, why tea? Because you had this capacity to make it anything. It could have been a hot and cold milkshake, which would have been weird. No, because you put acidity in cream and you're knackered. Ah. So there's lot. There were lots. We tried hot and cold coffee, and that was a real challenge. So no, we tried many. We tried many many things. Really? Yes. And there's many reasons why I ended up there. In addition to the fact that I love my tea. You do. I, I've known you for many years and I've never known anyone drink quite as much tea as you. But I'm starting to drink coffee now. I noticed this and I didn't, that's a relatively, I know you were aware of it, but you were always pure tea. Yeah, I was obsessed about coffee. I was obsessed about coffee. Complexity and the smell and the water salinity and alkalinity and the drip time and the grind size and the shape of the cup and the the crema and how much of the coffee was robusta and arabica and many other things many 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 other things in terms of the hot and gold iced tea thank you very much for letting us behind the sort of veil of how that was created i personally have been lucky enough to try it and i think the reaction from people to it is massive people properly freak out because it also plays a huge amount with uh, what you're expecting but that was really that was really fun and also the the saliva experiment which sounds slightly unglamorous but that was that was brilliant and i hope uh, i hope everyone at home was chewing away madly with it and and having to swallow as well because that was that was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so um, fun. yeah so that has been that has been pod and chips thank you ever so much Harrison, again letting me inside your mind uh, thank, you. thank you ever so much for listening we do appreciate all your earballs on it and uh, please say goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Heston. <laughs> Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get yours from. And remember, if you like it, please rate, review, and get in there and subscribe 